Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters worldwide. Today's lesson will be called Religion, a Dangerous Delusion, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will illustrate how to identify those who are practicing false religion. The Bible is the only belief that recognizes the hopeless gap between man and God or the Most High, teaching that salvation can only be obtained through grace. All other religions teach that salvation can be achieved through human effort. We're going to see what the Bible has to say about these religions, brothers and sisters. We believe, you know, Bible followers believe religious pluralism is heresy and contradicts the Bible. What is religious pluralism? That's claiming that all religions are equally true or that one religion can be true for one, but not the other. So that's religious pluralism, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go into it. We're going to touch on the major religions, the major religions uh, today, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you how the Bible lines up with these religions. Because why? You hear a lot of religious people say, well, my belief is really saying the same thing as the Bible. It's just a different path to the same destination. We're going to see. Is that true? Because that sounds good. We're dealing in the age of the new age movement where everybody can go to heaven if you just... Uh, if you just be good, just just be good, just be good. You go to heaven. So this is what they're teaching, brothers and sisters. What is good, according to who? So we gotta we're gonna use the Bible as a screen, brothers and sisters, as a ruler, as a measurement. We're gonna go and we're gonna start in Genesis eleven to show you the origin of religion. Genesis eleven. Verse one. Now, brothers and sisters, this is when this is after the flood, when the descendants of Noah were living in the area of Mesopotamia in Babylon, which is Babylon is where modern day Iraq. Verse one. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. So at this time, all people spoke one language. Everybody spoke one language. What was that language? Ancient Phoenician Hebrew, brothers and sisters, the paleo Hebrew, not Aramaic, not Anything else. It was Hebrew, brothers and sisters. Verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. That's Iraq, brothers and sisters. Verse 3. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick. Now, brothers and sisters, it said that they all spoke one language. So that means that they were able to think on the same things and do the same things. So they were able to accomplish anything without resistance because why everybody understood the same exact thing just imagine today if it was that way brothers and sisters there's a language barrier today where certain nations can't really work with other nations schematics don't work blueprints don't work because we speak in different languages at one time all people spoke all races all nations spoke hebrew can you read that scripture again brother verse three and they said one to another go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly and they had they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. So they started to build a tower, brothers and sisters. It's known in history as the Tower of Babel, brothers and sisters. So they decided to build a tall, proud symbol of how great they made their nation. Verse 4. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower. See? Whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make, let us, make us a name. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. See, so brothers and sisters, the Babylonians 
wanted a tower that would reach into the heavens so they they could be recognized as God and therefore no longer need the Most High. So what? So they began to construct a great ziggurat. And this particular ziggurat, this particular tower, brothers and sisters, had spiritual weaponry. It was a, a stargate. It could it opened up portals into the heavens where they could fight against the Most High. And the, the, the technology they had in the Tower of Babel, we don't have right now. We, we have a minuscule amount of the technology they had back then, brothers and sisters, in Babylon. The Babylonians was Nimrod. Nimrod is a Cushite from the son of Ham. So he would be, what, an African, brothers and sisters, was the father of the Africans. So all religion started here, brothers and sisters, when all people spoke one language. We're going to show you how that affects what's going on today. Verse 5. And the Lord came now to see the city and the tower, which the children of men built it. Right. So the Most High came and looked down on this tower that the Babylonians were building to get up into heaven to fight against the Most High. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. See, they all have one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. See, so because they all were speaking the same language, they all could come together with a plan and fulfill that plan because everybody could understand each other, brothers and sisters. Verse 7, go to, let us go down, and there confound their language. So the Most High tell you he sent angels. He looked down, and the Most High didn't like the pride and arrogance in the hearts of the people. To, to, to build spiritual weaponry to get up into the heavens to be praised so the Most High sent angels down to confound the languages when you go into Jasher it tells you he confounded the languages into 70 different tongues brothers and sisters 70 can you read that again brother <clears throat> verse 7 go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech see so they couldn't understand each other's speech so they you know when you're given instruction or direction on how to build this particular construct there was there was now they were met with resistance because they couldn't understand each other brothers and sisters when you can't understand each other you become a barbarian to one one another just imagine you're sitting with somebody who speaks a language you don't speak right now and you you're just looking at them and you don't understand anything and they don't understand anything you're saying so you can't work together because you don't understand Continue, brother. Verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. So they left off from building the city, from building the tower. Because why? There was no instruction. They couldn't understand what the plan was. They couldn't read the schematics or the blueprint. So because of that, they, you know, it, Josh should tell you that it took a brick a year to get from the base of it to the top, brothers and sisters. It took a year for one brick to get from the base to the top. But I couldn't tell you to lift or raise or move. A brick is falling. So because of that, they began to split up, brothers and sisters. But when they went back into their own lands, they took this particular worship because this is what this was. Nimrod had them believe they were doing this for God. They didn't think as they were building this, they were, you know, working with Satan. And that's how Satan plays and tricks, brothers and sisters. He had you believe you're actually following God. When really you're going against him, brothers and sisters. So all of these nations went into their own lands and then they started to teach the religion that they were, uh, you know, the belief that they had at the Tower of Babel. So now the Asians go here, the, the, the Arabs go here, 
the white people go here, and they all following the same gods, but under a different language, under a different name. So you'll find out that Buddha and Vishnu and Ishtar, these are all pagan satanic worships, brothers and sisters. These are all different names for Satan. Gilgamesh. All of them, brothers and sisters. We have a book with 5,000 deities. They're all Satan. Satan have many names, brothers and sisters, in different tongues, brothers and sisters. So this is where religion came from. They would leave off and then start teaching what they learned here, but in a different language. And so a lot of times Buddhists and Hindus, they'll tell you, well, no, we're all worshiping the same God. It's just in a different language. But what God is that? That's the deal. What God is that that they're following, brothers and sisters? Can you read? What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished eight. Can you read that again? Verse eight. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore, is the name of it called Babel. Babel. Because why? They were just babbling, brothers and sisters. No understanding. Barbarians. Therefore, is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound their language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. See, so brothers and sisters, we use the Bible as a historical literature, not as religion. So a lot of times, initially, when people first meet us, they are, you know, they're set back. They're taken aback because they can't really label us. They're like, you're using the Bible, but you're saying you're not Christians. So it's really hard to put a label on that because why? This isn't a religion. This is history. This is just the Israelite culture, brothers and sisters. People think because you're following laws, that's religion. And that's that's foolish, brothers and sisters, because why? Is the Constitution a religion? That's nothing. That's thousands of laws in a penal code, brothers and sisters. Is that a religion? So, of course not. Just because you follow laws, don't make it a religion, brothers and sisters. And, then you know, that's the struggle that we have talking to people in the world. They try to equate us with Christians, but we're not Christians. Because why? Christians don't follow the Bible. We do. We don't worship on Sundays. We don't celebrate certain foods. I mean, uh, certain holidays. We don't eat certain foods. Christians do all of that. So we're followers of Christ, brothers and sisters. We're going to go read read that last scripture again, brother. Verse 9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Right. Now let's show you what Satan's plan was. What was his promise to prove to you that this just wasn't a tower, brothers and sisters. This was spiritual weaponry to fight against the Most High God. We're going to show you that that was Satan's plan to build something to go into the heavens. Brother, can you read verse 12, uh, Isaiah 14 and 12? Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. What did he say? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. See, so he said his promise was that he was going to go back into the heavens. And be worshipped as God and fight against the true God. So what do you think they're doing up there in space? This was Satan's plan, brothers and sisters, that he would go back into the heavens. And he knows how to get there because he was there, brothers and sisters. So he's teaching these governments how to go through certain uh, certain portals. This was his plan. and he, uh, He's tried to carry out this plan throughout all empires. You had the Babylonians, the Persian Medes, the Greeks, the Romans, brothers and sisters. 
he have used each of these empires to try to make good on his promise, which was to go back into the heavens. This is what that tower was about, brothers and sisters. This is what them claiming they're going to the moon. And you think they're just out there floating around looking for water? No, brothers and sisters, there's something more sinister there. They're looking to fight against the Most High God. Can you read that again, brother, please? Verse, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Read that again. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. See, he wants to be like the most high. He want to be worshipped, brothers and sisters, like the most high. That's why he got his behind kicked out. Mm -hmm. That's why. Because he wasn't humble. He had no humility, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And this is his same plan is to go up into the heavens. I heard Trump uh, talking about what? A, A space force. Well, they're going to have space military now, brothers and sisters. So when you hear this space thing, brothers and sisters, this is them going with the plan of Satan. Uh, Continue, brother. Verse 15. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms. So he will be destroyed in the end, brothers and sisters. He will be destroyed. The Most High is going to show his power using Christ, our big brother. We're going to 2 Corinthians 11 because we needed to show you that his plan is to go back into the heavens. And that's what the Tower of Babel was about, brothers and sisters. So he would deceive humanity into ignorantly fighting against the Most High. So most people in these religions actually think they're doing the right thing. None of them are saying... Majority of them are not saying, I know I'm a pagan, I'm a Satanist. They actually think they're on the path to the Most High, brothers and sisters. And that's what's really deceitful. Because if you think you're already right, you're not looking for correction or a new path or instruction. Because you think you're already on the path, right? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 11 and 13. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers... Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So Satan would be transformed into an angel of light. So that means that people would be looking to Satan as if he's God. He would appear good. He would appear as the good guy, brothers and sisters. The Bible teaches us that Satan and his servants will masquerade as ministers of righteousness. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Right. See, so these other gods, these other religions, brothers and sisters, are Satan. They have shows on television now where Lucifer is portrayed as a good guy. What type of mess is this? What kind of society is this where Lucifer, they got Lucifer, you know, in a, you know, in a position where you are able to identify with him as the good guy and feel sorry for him, brothers and sisters. So they would teach paganism in this community, in this uh, society. 
Paganism is all over television. There's sex on TV. There's drug use on TV. There's cursing all on TV, brothers and sisters, in the music. And then they look at it as it's right. You'll look at a Buddhist as it's, but a Buddhist have the right way. Or somebody dealing with Hinduism or Egyptology or somebody in Islam. They all think that they're following the true God, brothers and sisters. So Satan, you know, is hoisting false religions, you know, out there. And it's a very effective lie since it mixes a little truth. There's a little truth in all of these religions, brothers and sisters. Just attack. It's just like rat poison. Rat poison is 99% good food. And the, the other 1% is poison. And the 1% is what kills you, brothers and sisters. We're going to read. That's, read, Isaiah, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 11 and 13 again, brother. Verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. See, so there will be people out there claiming that they're Christians, claiming that they're following Christ, but really they're ministers of Satan masquerading as if this is theater or theatrics. It's an act, brothers and sisters. Because why? If Satan, if minister, if if Satan's ministers infiltrate a Christian church, and then they teach you paganism and Satanism as a Christian, you'll turn away from Christianity. You put the whole Bible down because you know that this don't feel right. This feel evil. This feel wrong. So Satan have infiltrated the churches and the religions in order to turn it satanic from the inside out, brothers and sisters. This is what was going on. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Right, so we would think Satan is God. Continue, brother. Verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. See, so Satan's minions would appear to be righteous. That's how it is, brothers and sisters. They would make you believe that these pagans, these witches, these sorcerers and warlocks, these religions are the right path. Continue, brother. Verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. So even when it comes to in the regards of Christianity, you can't believe somebody followed Christ because they say they are Christian. If you... You got to measure you by the Bible because most Christians are not following the Bible. They're just using that name Christian as a cloak of protection. Because why? Everybody's a Christian. There's it's almost nobody on the streets that won't say that they're a Christian. Haven't opened the Bible probably in 10 years. Haven't been to church or any type of level of worship in about 10 years, but they claim they're Christians. So brothers and sisters... It's imperative that you know that everybody that claims Christ is not following Christ. That's why we go into it so we can show you the measurement. No matter what somebody's saying out of their mouth, what are their actions showing you, brothers and sisters? We're going to 1 John 5 and 19 in the New Testament. Not John, 1 John, near Revelations. 1 John 5 verse 19. And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. Read that again, brother. Verse 19. And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. Right. We are of the Most High, if you follow His word. But the whole world lieth in wickedness. 
So everything outside of this book is wicked, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you the Bible teaches that there is a spiritual war going on. And the intention of Satan is to, you know, is to host, is to hoist all of his demonic spirits and perpetuate them throughout our lives and to divert us from the truth. So he'll give you all these different religions, freedom of religion. So now you have all these choices to get into a ditch. There's only one way to get to the Most High, but you got five or six different other avenues that you can go to actually lead you in to a ditch, into Satan. There's only one way into the truth, brothers and sisters. There's many ways into false fallacies. Many ways. We're going to show you Revelations 12 and 15. That it was prophesied that he would, Satan would, he would start to promote religion. He would start to promote philosophy against our people, the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel are the ones in all these religions, brothers and sisters. Have you, did you ever notice that uh, when you see the elder Bob and elder John, right, Mormons, they 17 and they call themselves elders. Don't know a lick of scripture, brothers and sisters, and they think they're elders, right? Why are they only in the minority neighborhoods, the Hispanic neighborhoods, the black neighborhoods? You ever seen them in a, an, uh, an Arab neighborhood? Over there with the Muslims. How about uh, the Jewish? They wouldn't go in the Jewish neighborhood with that. They wouldn't make it out, brothers and sisters. You try to knock upon. You go to the Jewish people neighborhood. Knock on their door talking about, yeah, you know, the Latter-day Saints. They will find you behind in pieces out there, brothers and sisters. You think you're going to go into a Jewish neighborhood and perpetuate this madness? Why don't they go to Koreatown, Chinatown? Why they never? They're never over there, are they? Because all those people are pagan already. They're looking for the children of Israel. So they're coming to you. They're coming to us. And all these communities, brothers and sisters, they have a built-in protection. If you follow other gods, you can't live amongst them. I Just imagine some, some Mormons pedaling on a bike in the Middle East. They would get strung up, brothers and sisters, trying to go into these neighborhoods, into this Islamic neighborhoods, trying to teach this madness. Why can they come amongst us and everything is just okay? Like, there's no protection, brothers and sisters. Everybody just come into our neighborhoods. Even the Muslims, our brothers out there, passing out bean pies. Looking sharp, looking sharp. But why are they all in our, why are all the religions coming to the minority neighborhoods, brothers and sisters? This is aimed at you. All the rest of these people are already pagans. They're Gentiles. They don't have the truth. The Bible wasn't given to them. So this thing is aimed at the children of God. Revelations chapter 12, verse 15 through 17, brother. Revelation 12 and 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. See, so Satan in these days would cast out a flood. That flood is what? Intriguing false doctrine. You have religion. You have philosophy. These are the floods that he sent out there to catch us, brothers and sisters, to just drown us out by giving us too much, you know, too much... Uh, infamy, too much negativity, too much evil. So will we just collapse? We'll just give up. It's too much. I, I don't know what the truth is, right? Some people find out that their religion is false and then they just don't believe in God at all. And I'm like, that's 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 madness right there. That's madness. But this is, you know, a lot of people, this is what they do, brothers and sisters. Satan purposely put out all of these religions. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth. Who is the woman? The woman is Israel. How do we know that? Go to verse 1, brother. 
verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. A what? A crown of twelve stars. Those twelve stars represent the children of Israel, the twelve tribes, brothers and sisters. So this woman is Israel. Satan would cast out a flood against Israel. Let's go back to 15. <clears throat> Verse 16. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. The remnant of her seed, the children of Israel. He's at war with the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. How do we know this is the children of Israel? Continue. Which keep the commandments of God. See, that's how you know it's the children of Israel. We're the ones keeping the commandments, brothers and sisters. So Satan have waged a war against us by putting out philosophy, putting out all this negative music, this movies, the media, these religions. Most importantly, the religions, brothers and sisters. This was a plan from Satan to cast out this flood to see. Let me just throw a wide net out there and just see who I can catch. Let me see if I can get anybody, get one or two of them. This is the plan, brothers and sisters. There's an orchestrated effort, an orchestrated collusion going on against you, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you today. Uh, can you read 15 through 17 one more time, brother? Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. So Satan would bring intriguing false doctrine to God's people, which would sweep us away from the security and happiness of God's presence. Verse 16. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. When it says the earth helped the woman, a lot of these records, our Hebrew records, were found in the ground, brothers and sisters, in caves. So the Most High preserved these records by having them hidden by some of uh, the tribes, like the tribes of Zadok. They would have the records, and then they would dig holes and bury them underground. And the Most High would break the ground open in these days to make sure we found the records, brothers and sisters. That's what this is talking about. Verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Christ. See, so brothers and sisters, religion is one of the greatest forces for evil in this world, brothers and sisters. Satan uses religion more than any other tool to keep men in his domain of darkness, brothers and sisters. Now, you may be thinking, why would Satan use religion against these people? We're going to show you. We're going to Romans chapter 10, verse 2. This is why he would, where the slaves are, where the Israelites are, there would be freedom of religion. There's not freedom of religion in many other places other than where the Edomites are ruling, the white man. When you go into the Middle East, everybody's the same. When you go over into uh, India, everybody's a Buddhist. Everybody's dealing with the same things, brothers and sisters. It was purpose that where the children of Israel are predominantly all 12 tribes, you can find here in America. Some, you know, he would aim this right towards us, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's read two through uh, two and three, brother. Romans 10, verse two. For I bear them record. That Actually, they... let's start at verse one, brother. Excuse me. Romans 10, verse one. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel for is, who for Israel is that they might be saved for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So we have a zeal for the most High. That means there's something within our very fibers to want to follow God, 
to want to please something greater than ourselves. All people don't have that, brothers and sisters. There's something within our people to where the majority of us all believe in a God. We may not know who he is, but we all believe in a higher power. That's how God made us. You don't find too many Israelite atheists out here, brothers and sisters. Usually the atheists are Gentiles, other nations, Africans, Edomites or white Romans, right? Asians. Hispanics are not. I don't know any Hispanic people who don't believe in God. I don't know any natives that don't believe in God. Some of them believe in about 10, 12 gods, but they believe in something. And you know the Negroes, you know we believe in God. Through slavery, this is the only thing that got us through. There got to be something. Even if a lot of us say, I had a brother tell me, there's not much evidence of God in our life, but we still believe. See? So there's a zeal, brothers and sisters. To want to follow God, to follow the Most High. That's why he gave us his law. Because other people don't have this. Other people question God. Other people want to come up with evolution. And I asked the atheist. He said, well, I don't believe anything. I'm like, so how do we get here? He said a big bang. I said, big bang? Okay. Were you there? Did you see that? He's like, nah. I'm like, oh, so you believe it was a big bang? He was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, so you believe. (laughs) You believe, hey, you you believe in something that happened when you weren't there, right? So then what's the problem with me, us believing that the account in Genesis is right? You weren't there, but you believe something. And he was taken back. He couldn't even speak no more because everything he kept trying to say was, I believe. But he kept trying to stop himself from saying believe. And I'm like, it's all right, brother. You believe something. That's a religion. Being a Satanist or atheist is a religion because you have a belief, brother. So... We're going to go through all of them, brothers and sisters, today. Uh, read, read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I, be, for I, bear, record, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Right. So the Most High is saying we have the zeal, brothers and sisters, but direction is more important than speed. We have the zeal, but we don't have direction. That's what this is saying. The Most High created us to serve Him, but we don't know how to serve Him. Read that. Uh, read verse two again, brother. Verse two: For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. See, we don't even have the knowledge of who our God is, but we still want to follow Him. When you look in the Hispanic communities, most of them are what Catholic, but they they believe. When you look at the, the blacks, right? What are most of they? They are what Baptist, non-denominational, Christian. All of us, brothers and sisters, majority of us, all have a faith and belief in God. We may not know who that God is, but we are seeking Him. We are looking to find Him. We are the most spiritual people. I read an article a few weeks ago that said that the minorities or the blacks are the most spiritual race that there is. The most morally sound. The most forgiving. They know this, brothers and sisters. They say we're the most forgiving people. That's what they say. So they use that against us and say, listen, you could kill them on TV. They'll forgive you tomorrow. Because that's that's just how God made us. We forgive. Even though the people who work with us were the same ones who swung us on the trees. We forgive them. And they know that they use that against us because we're very forgiving. And that's a good thing, brothers and sisters. That's a good thing. Can you read the next scripture, brother? Verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness... And going about to establish their own righteousness. See, so because we don't know God's way, we start to follow our own way and start to say, well, can you tell me a little bit about Buddhism? Or can you tell me a little bit about Islam? Or 
Can you tell me a little bit about Egyptology? Our people always go to other nations of people and ask them to teach us about God. That's we got to examine that, brothers and sisters, because what you're going to find out is we're the only ones who have the key. They don't have the key. They should be coming to you and asking you how to please God. They don't know. Verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the, the righteousness of God. See, so we have a zeal for the most high, but we have no direction. So we have the speed. We're running to find him, but we don't know which way to go. So now we get the understanding of which direction the instruction. And then we build, brothers and sisters. We build together. We're going to show you Isaiah, excuse me, Psalms 147 and 19. So Satan knew that we had a zeal. That's why he put out the religions. Because he knows that we have a want to serve a higher power. So he's like, okay, let me give him me then. Let me give them 10 different ways to meet. Since they want to serve something anyway, right? Let us give them them. Let me give them this to serve. Since they want to serve something anyway, just give them this. Satan knew, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 19 and 20. Psalms 147 verse 19. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. See, so he gave the Bible, his law, statutes and commandments to Israel. He didn't give it to any other people. He didn't give it to the Asians. He didn't give it to the white man. He didn't give it to the Africans. He gave it to you. He gave it to us, brothers and sisters. And that's why the other nations act like heathens. Because they don't have the law. They don't know what morally sound, you know. They don't know. It's your obligation to teach them. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. He showeth his words unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And that's why. Read that again. He hath not dealt so with any nation. He hath not dealt so with any other nationality. This is why we're in the case that we're in, brothers and sisters, because we're the only ones with the truth, and we're not following it. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 20. Verse 20. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. See? So they don't know his judgments, brothers and sisters. That's your job is to teach the rest of the world. After you get yourself together, we get home together. And then we teach everybody else. Because why? There's about to be a perception change, brothers and sisters. There's about to be a perception change. We're going to show you. Go to John 4, 22. Because they look at us as thugs and criminals, right? In the media. The media is always slanted in a way where we're the bad guy. See? John 4, verse 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. See, so these people don't even know what they're worshiping, brothers and sisters. They think they know what they're worshiping. You're worshiping Satan, and you don't even know it. Read that again, brother. Verse 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. See, salvation is of the Jews, of the Israelites. Jews is one of the tribes of the Israelites, the Negroes. So salvation come through Israel. Christ was a Jew. That's why it says salvation is of the Jews. So we have the keys to the kingdom. Nobody else has it. So we shouldn't go out and look to other nations on how we should get into the kingdom because you, the, key, the kingdom's within you. That's what the scriptures say. We don't look to them. They should look to us. We have the salvation. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. See, there's only one way, brothers and sisters. Salvation of, is of us. So we can't go to Asians and ask them, can you teach me how to be a Buddhist? 
Remember, these religions are segregated based on race. Buddhists are what? Usually from Asia. Right? So they're over that religion. When you get into Catholicism and Christianity, who's over that religion? White people. When you go into Islam, who's over that, that, that religion? Arabs. Because that's an Arab religion. That's not a religion for us, brothers and sisters. Catholicism is not religion for us. That's for them. Let them have that. That's not for us, brothers and sisters. And if you follow these other religions, you're going to be underneath of them, brothers and sisters. There's no way that you can follow their religion and then be up here. You have to be underneath of them because you're following their God. When you look at the heads of all of these religions, it's not us there. The people who are at the head, the top of these religions, are who the religion is for. Not for you, brothers and sisters. Not for me. Not for us. We're going to show you John 17 and 17. Salvation is of the Jews, of the Israelites. So they need to come to the Israelites. John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. See? So this is how we give him the truth. The word is truth. He just told us that he only gave the word to Israel. This is why salvation come through Israel. Because we have the truth. We have the word. They don't. It was given to our forefathers. Moses was Israel. It was given to our forefathers, brothers and sisters. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Those are our forefathers. They had the truth. These other people don't have it. This is our record. This is our history. This is ours. So perception change is coming, brothers and sisters. We're going to Deuteronomy 4 and 5. Why? Why is perception going to have to change? Because you're not going to be able to view us as... You're no longer going to be able to view us as criminals and thugs and hoodlums. Now, you view us as your teachers because that's who we are. See? So perception is getting ready to change. We're your teachers now. We're not the thugs. We're not the criminals. We're your teachers. And it's about time that they get used to that. Because that's your position, brothers and sisters, is to teach the rest of the world. Read verse 5, brother. Deuteronomy 4, verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land where ye go to possess So we should follow his law, statutes, and commandments, even if we're not in Israel, wherever we go. Verse 6. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nation. Read that again. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nation. See, this is how the nations, the other people, know that we're wise, that we have wisdom, that we have God through this. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 6. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say... Surely this great nation is a wild, wise and understanding people. See, so following the commandments, having the Bible, everybody will view us as spiritually superior. This must be a wise people who have these, these self-governing laws. These must be the people, if they have this relationship with God, they know how to please them. This is how, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, they are going to come to us and we're going to teach them the truth. Get that Buddhism out of here. Get that Islam out of here. Get that Christianity. Get that Judaism out of here. We open your, get your pen in your pad and get ready to learn Israelite culture, history, not just Israelite culture, but history. Continue, brother, please. Verse seven. For what nation is there so great 
who have God so nigh unto them. What nation is so great to have God so close or not? For verse seven, for what nation is there so great who have God so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgment so righteous? See, so as our people don't want to follow the law, the law is what separates us. The law is what, what makes us special. The other nations would look at it and see, hold on, they don't eat pork. Hold on, they have a law within themselves of what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And what to celebrate. See, they look at that as regal, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 8. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgment so righteous as as all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we would have the keys. Gentiles should look to us for the keys to salvation. It's time for a change of perspective. We're no longer viewed as the criminals, but as the teachers. Let's go to Psalms 96 and 5 to show you why. So we don't go to other nations and ask them about their God. We don't care about your God. It's a false pagan deity. Psalms 96 verse 5. For all the gods of the nations are idols. Read that again. For all the gods of the nations are idols. See? All the other nationalities, are their gods are idols. Why? Because each race of people have a, a god over them, brothers and sisters. When you go over to the Arabs, they're dealing with what? They're dealing with Allah. You go into, you know, China and Asia, they're dealing with Hinduism and Buddhism. See? So all races of people, when you go into the Africans, they're dealing with Osiris. Right? So all races of people have a particular God over them. They're idols. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. All right. Go to 95, brother. Chapter 95 and read verse 3. Psalms 95 and 3. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Above all gods to show you that there's other gods. Lowercase g's, brothers and sisters. Because a lot of people think, well, there's only one God. And that's a dangerous thought because if you believe that, that means you'll follow Allah. You'll follow Buddha. You'll follow anybody because you just think it's all the same God. The Bible tells you that there's many gods and you have to be careful because why? Satan would send out his ministers that would be transformed into light. So they would look like it's the good, the right way, but and, but if it, but really behind the curtain it leading, it's leading you into the abyss, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 3, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Right. So we just read that the other nationalities of people, their gods are idols. All of them. Every last one of them, brothers and sisters. We have the true God. We have the true God. We're going to Isaiah 42 and 5. Isaiah 42, verse 5. Thus saith God the Lord. He hath created the heavens. See, this is what separates the one true God from the rest. Our God has the attribute that separates him from all other gods, which is what? Creation. This is what separates the Most High from all those other deities. This is just one thing, the major thing. He created everything. They were created. Can you read that again, brother? 
verse 5. Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched, stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. Right, so the one true God, brothers and sisters, is the God of the Bible, the great I Am, Ahaya. He's different and separate from all these other pagan deities. He's the God that created the heavens and the earth, brothers and sisters, that separated the waters from the waters, brothers and sisters. All other deities are idols or counterfeit gods that are parasitic on the truth. That's what scripture says, brothers and sisters. We didn't make this up. This isn't about a race. So, you know, I don't want people to think this is a race thing. We're just dealing with what the Bible says. If the Bible says your God's an idol, it's an idol. It's not about race, brothers and sisters. Because if a white man come follow this Bible the way it's supposed to be followed, he'll be righteous. We're not saying that our people are the only righteous ones, but God gave us and entrusted us with a huge responsibility to teach the world. Because why? We already read that the world lie in wickedness. The whole earth is wicked. We're the light, brothers and sisters. What does a light do? When you have a lantern, you walk down a dark hallway, a light leads the way. That's our, that's our position, brothers and sisters. Go to Isaiah 43 and verse 11, brother. Isaiah 43, verse 11. I, even I am the Lord. Who? I, even I am the Lord. I am. That's the most high. He said it over and over and over. And beside me, there is no Savior. See? So there is no other way, brothers and sisters. People say, well, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism and, you know, they're all, you know, different paths to get to the same place, to Nirvana. No, there's only one Savior, and that's the most high, brothers and sisters. There's only one way. There's not all these different ways, brothers and sisters. Even in Christianity. I'm still trying to look for who are the Baptists in the Bible? Who are those people? Because we got Baptist churches. Who are those people in the Bible? Who are the Pentecostals in the Bible? See? So even Christianity is split amongst different fractions of different denominations. I'm still waiting to find the scripture about the Baptists. The Baptist uh, Christians. Still can't find it. So brothers and sisters, there's only one way. And we're going to go through the one way and we're going to touch on the other fallacies to show you can prove, just in case you have a friend or a family member or a loved one that may be slipping into one of those other religions. We're going to show you. We're going to 1 John 4 and 1. New Testament, brothers and sisters. 1 John 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Read that again. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. See, so brothers and sisters, you must measure all religions by the Bible. People can profess to belong to the true religion, yet be in league with Satan. That's what this is saying. It says, believe not every spirit. So just because somebody say they believe in God, what God? What God are you talking about? You must, you must try the spirit, which means test it. How do you test it against the Bible? You see if what their beliefs are, line up against the Bible, and then you can say, that's the way. That's the way. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. See, so there's many false religions out there, brothers and sisters. Verse 2. 
Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Christ is come in the flesh is of God. See? So this is one of the measurements. Do Buddhists believe in Christ? Where do Christ fit in with Buddhists or Hindus or Islam or whoever? Where do Christ fit in? And if he don't fit in, then that's strike one. That's strike one. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse two. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Christ is come in the, in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. See, so if you don't believe in Christ, you're Antichrist. You're against Christ. See? So if the Buddhists and the Hindus and, you know, Egyptologists and the, the Jewish people, if you don't believe in Christ, you go, you're not going to make it. So this is, this is the first step. How do they feel about this? Do they feel, how do they feel about Christ? If they have no respect or reverence for Christ, then I can check that box. It's a false religion. Uh, read that last scripture one more time, brother, please. Verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. See, the Antichrist is already in the world. It was in the world back then. There was Antichrist doctrine back then, brothers and sisters. They teach you that the Antichrist is somebody that comes towards the end of the earth. There were Antichrists were going on back then, brothers and sisters. The Romans were Antichrist back then. Antichrist is not one man. That's, those are people against Christ. So we must measure all religions or beliefs by the Bible. Most religions say that they're compatible with the Bible. Why? Because they can't outright condemn the book. Because if they do, you'll shun them. So they'll, they'll say, well, yeah, you know. The same things that's in the Bible, they're in, in this religion too. It, it all leads you to the same place. That's what they say. All, all of them, brothers and sisters. I know Muslims that will tell you, well, the Bible and the Quran is really the same. It's really telling you the same exact things. Oh, really? Really? So they'll make you believe, have you believe that the Bible and whatever they're teaching or whatever they're dealing with have the same purpose on ideology, brothers and sisters. So what do we do? You must read the Bible to know if your religion is correct or not. It's the only way, because why? Muslims say, you know what, I agree with the Bible. I, I, you know, I believe in the Bible. I, I think that, you know, they say that, they say that, right? As long as they can give you their spin. But as soon as I take them to Leviticus 26 and say, okay, well, you said the Bible's right. Okay, well, what do you feel about this? Let's, let's go there. Because a Muslim must say... Yeah, I, I believe in the Bible. It's really the same thing. You following the Quran and the Bible is the same thing. So you can just learn this. And then I take them right here. Leviticus 26 and 1, brother. Leviticus 26, verse 1. Ye shall make you no idols nor graven images. Neither rear you up a standing image. Neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land. Read that again. Neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it. For I am the Lord, your God. So the Muslims bow down to the Kaaba stone. A huge stone over there in Mecca. Where they all surround it and bow down and pray. So you're saying that the Bible agrees with what you're dealing with. What about this? See? And then you see their horns come up, brothers and sisters. Then you see their horns. Because they just need to get in with you long enough to pull you into something else. They get in by saying, yeah, yeah, I, I believe in the Bible. Bible's a good book. It is. And then you take them here, and now you see that 
the Bible don't agree with you. The Bible don't agree with the Quran. The Bible don't agree with Islam. The Bible tell you not to bow down to graven images or to rocks because why? The Most High put you over those things. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth. We're not supposed to bow down to, to, to idols, brothers and sisters. Not to rocks, not to trees, not to anything other than the Most High, brothers and sisters. We're over those things. So I take, I take a Muslim right here. Because why? Any God or you know worship that's connected to an image is of the devil, brothers and sisters. I, always, I ask a Muslim, so what were they following? What were Muslims following before Muhammad? Because Muhammad wasn't born until about... 560, AD, way after Christ. So what were they following before? What were the Muslims following before then? Persian mythology, over 300 different gods, brothers and sisters. So they were pagans before they were dealing with monotheism. The Jews taught Muhammad monotheism, which means the belief in one God. All other nations believed in many different gods. We were the only ones, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. In fact, I take them right into their own book. I take them to the Quran. I'm like, okay, so you deal with the Quran? All right, brother, what you think about this? Let's go to the Quran, brothers and sisters. We're going to Surah, chapter 2, verse 47. And I take them right here. I'm like, okay, brother, so what do you have to say about this, brother? Read verse 47. Surah, chapter 2, verse 47, brother. Now, this is the Quran. Surah 2 and 47. O children of Israel. Read that again. O children of Israel. Remember my favor which I bestowed upon you. And that I favored you over all nations. And beware of a day with no soul. Start, start that again, brother. One more time, please. Verse 47. Yes. Verse 47. O children of Israel. Israel. Remember my favor which I bestowed upon you. And that I favored you over all nations. So the Quran say the children of Israel is the chosen people. See, I bring this right to the black Muslims. Like, brother, what, what is this? Give me some give me some edification on this, brother. Why are you following an Arab religion, an Ishmaelite religion, when you're an Israelite? And the Bible say he chose you. The Quran say he chose you. Because, see, you don't even read your own book. And I tell him, brother, you act like you, you're a Muslim, but you don't even read the Quran, brother. The same way Christians act like they're Christians and don't even read the Bible. It say in your own record, brother. That the children of Israel is chosen. That's in the Quran, brother. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I spoke to a brother a few years about that. He said, I'm going to have to get... No, he said, you put that there. That's what he said first. He said, you, you put that there. I'm like, I put... I'm like, brother, I don't even own a Quran, brother. Like, this is your record, brother. This is your record. You don't read, brother. So, this whole time, they're tricking you to follow them when you're the chosen one. Even in their record. See? And there's no way out of that. So when you come to those black Muslims and you tell them, you're the children of Israel and we chosen. And then they try to say, no, nah, well, the Arabs are chosen. You take them right here, brothers and sisters. And watch, you'll see a, a question mark just pop up over the head like, da. They've never seen it before because they don't read, brothers and sisters. They're in it for the customs. That's why they're in Islam. They don't read it. The children of Israel is chosen even in Islam, brothers and sisters. You got to know this. These, this is what you need. When they come, brothers and sisters. Now, who else do we got? The Mormons, right? The Mormons, they say, we believe in the Bible. In fact, the Book of Mormon and the Bible are pretty much the same. It's just a newer part. I had a sister, uh, 
Mormon sister, come to my door and tell me that. She said, well, you know, the Bible is kind of dark in certain areas. It's hard to be understood. So this is equal to the Bible, and it touches on different things like baptism and all that. I'm like, really, sis? Really? So you tell me the Book of Mormon explains life better than the Bible. That's what you're saying? Well, yeah, we, 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 you know, they're both the same. We respect them both. I'm like, really? So you respect the Bible? Okay. Sister, I need you to go to Isaiah 34 and 16. You believe the Bible. Hey, let's go. This is where you take them, brothers and sisters. See, this is how you test these religions to see if what they're saying is true. Isaiah 34 and 16. Isaiah 34, verse 16. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of no one of these shall fail. So seek ye out of the book of the Lord. That's the Bible, brothers and sisters. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. Read that again. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. None shall want her mate. This book is saying you can't compare this book with another book outside of the Hebrew records. You can't make this book and say, yeah, both books are together, right? And they both say the same thing. No, the Bible say this, this, this piece of historical literature stands alone. That's what this says. Get Joseph Smith on out of here. Get the Book of Mormons up out of here. Get that up out of here. That's not what the that's not the Bible. It's not held on the same standard as the Bible. It have no authority. See, I take them right here, Mormons. You hey, you said you believe in the Bible. Well, the Bible says that book you have is pagan. This literature stands alone. Read that one more time, brother. Verse sixteen. Verse sixteen. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. So you can't make this book with any other book. Not the Quran, not the Egyptian Book of the Dead, or the Gita, or something you found in Tibet. None of them can be made with this book. This book stands alone. So they'll, the, book, the Mormons will try to come and attach themselves to the Bible. Why? Because they know the authorities in the Bible, not in the Book of Mormon. And they have to believe, make you believe that they're one and the same. I take them right here. Deuteronomy 4 and 2. You believe in the Bible, right? Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. You shall not add unto the word which I command you. Read that again. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you. So the Most High said you can't add to his word. What's this? What, what is this? What is this Book of Mormon? Was this part of the Bible? Was this in the authorized King James Version of 1611? Or did you add this? Because you said you believe in the Bible. See, so everybody claims that they agree with the Bible. Or the Bible is compatible with their belief. But the Bible don't show that. See, they think you're ignorant. That's what it is. They think you don't study and you don't read. They think you're ignorant. So they just say anything to you. Because they don't think you have any historical understanding. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 2. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you. Neither shall you diminish out from it. That ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. See, so you can't add to this record and you can't take away. Period. So get the Book of Mormon out of here. It don't line up with the Bible. In fact, matter of fact, don't get the Book of Mormon out of here yet. Let's go into the Book of Mormon and show you how they feel about people of color. Because, see, I don't think y'all know this either. And a lot of times the elders don't even, the, the young kids that come through on the bikes, they don't even know that this book is built on racist theology. This whole religion is a racist theology. They say, as a matter of fact, brother, go to 2 Nephi chapter 5, verse 21. 
We're going to put it up on the screen for you all. So you can see the racist theology that's coming out of out of these religions. And they'll never tell you this, brothers and sisters. They'll never tell you. Second Nephi chapter five, verse twenty one. Second Nephi five and twenty one. And he had caused the cursing to come upon them. Yeah, even a sore cursing because of their iniquity. For behold, they they had they had hardened their hearts against him that they had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they might not be enticing unto my people. The Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. So we're cursed and that's why we're brown. This is right in their records, brothers and sisters. Why are they knocking on your door? See? It says, well, the, as they were white, exceedingly fair and delightsome. See? So white people are exceedingly fair and delightsome. And we're cursed. That's why we're black. That's why we're brown. That's why the natives, the Hispanics and the Negroes are brown. Because we're cursed. And then they'll come knock right up on your door and invite you to church. See? This is the racist theology, brothers and sisters. Right within their pagan religion, they'll never tell you. And see, when you come into their church, this is what they already feel. So they're going to teach you things based on this right here, brothers and sisters. This is racist theology. Next time you see them, you ask them, go to, can you go to 2 Nephi 5.21 and give me your understanding on this? Because from what I'm reading, it says that black people are cursed. People with brown skin are cursed. That's why we're skin, our skin is brown. And see, when you look at the top of the Mormons, you look in Utah, those who are running... Joseph Smith was an Edomite. He was white, brothers and sisters. See? So this was another way for them to push their racism, brothers and sisters. See? Read that one more time, brother, please. Second Nephi 5, verse 21. And he had caused the cursing to come upon them, yet even a sore cursing, because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts against them, that they had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white, and exceedingly fair and delightsome that they might not be enticing unto my people. The Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. See, so you're, br you're, brown, you're black, you're brown because you're cursed. And white people are delightful. They're, they're superior. So, brothers and sisters, the Book of Mormon teaches that black skin is a sign of God's curse. So that white skinned people are considered spiritually and morally superior to black people or people of color. This is right there in their book, brothers and sisters. So when next time they come with the book, you open it right up for them and show them that you know more about their book than they know because they don't know anything about their own book, brothers and sisters. And see, that's why they send the children out, the kids, the youth out there, sending them out there into the dark, pushing a racist theology. You can't, you can't bring this madness in our neighborhoods no more. While you're sitting and smiling in our face, this is how you feel about us. Let's go to the next one, brother. Go to Jacob. 3 and 8 in the Book of Mormon. Jacob 3 verse 8. O oh, my brethren, I fear that I fear that unless ye shall repent of your sins, that their skins will be whiter than yours. Read that again. <laughs> verse 8. O oh, my brethren, I fear that unless ye shall repent of your sins, that their skins will be whiter than yours. When ye shall be brought with them before the throne of God. See? So people who have white skin, it's because they, they don't have sin. You, you, you're cursed. You're sin. You're black. You're brown. So you're cursed. 
See? This is right within their own record, brothers and sisters. We're reading right out of the book. The brick, the actual published record, brothers and sisters. And then they'll come smile in your face and invite you to church. And in fact, the last time I saw some Mormons, there was two little Edomite women that I've seen before and then black girl with them. So, so the sister don't even know. I was trying to tell her, sister, you know we're the children of Israel. I was trying to tell her without trying to offend the, you know. But this is what I'm gonna pull next time. I'm like, give me some, you know, give me some edification on this, because I don't think you even know it's in there. And if you do know it's in there, so you agree with this, then huh? So people of whiter skin are delightful, and we're cursed. That's why we're brown. See, and the Bible contradict that because the Bible say the brown people rule. See, it's completely opposite. The Bible says that those of brown skin, those Hispanics, Negroes, the West Indies, the Hawaiians, Samoans, Costa Rica, these are actually on top. See, this is racist, brothers and sisters. These religions are racism aimed at us because they know that God put us over them. Read that one more time, brother, please. Jacob 3 and 8. Oh, my brethren, I fear that unless you shall repent of your sins, that their skins will be whiter than yours, when ye shall be brought with them before the throne of God. See? Though this is within their own record. We're not putting words in their mouth, brothers and sisters. We're giving you a magnifying glass. So when they, when you, when they come to you, you know how to hit them. Spiritually. And chase them up out of there. Get up out of here. Get on up out of here with this mess. Bringing this mess to me. See, they think you're a fool. That's what they think you, you know. You Hispanic, you don't really know how to read and talk. You don't know how white people think. You black, you still a slave. You don't really, you don't got no education. See? See? So those who are in charge do the teaching. That's why we're teaching them. Because see, if they pull you in, they're going to teach you you're beneath them. Because that's what's in their record, brothers and sisters. See? Go to the next one, brother. Go to Alma 3 and 6. Alma 3, verse 6. And the skins of the Lamanites were dark, according to the mark which was set upon their fathers, which was a curse upon them because of their transgressions See? and their rebellion. See? So our brown skin is a mark that was given to our forefathers for our transgression. We're brown, brothers and sisters, because we're sinners. So, you know, we're the only sinners in the earth. Everybody else is, you know, not a sinner. Just us. See? And this is why they're in our neighborhoods, because they believe we're cursed. That's why we got brown skin. That's why they're only in minority neighborhoods, brothers and sisters. Look at that. Look at this racist theology. Religion is based on racism, brothers and sisters. This is how slick they are. This is how slick they are, brothers and sisters. You're cursed. That's why you got brown skin. See? We're white. We're better. Better than you. You're not telling me what to do. Hebrew, you a slave. That's how they feel. So just imagine when they find out. Those same people that you thought were thugs were criminals. Were, you know, those same people. And see, they can't, they don't want to believe. See, that's the problem. When you go to them and say, God have a, a chosen people, they look at you like you're crazy. They're like, huh? Yeah, God got a chosen people. But see, when they really get mad is when you show them who those chosen people are. That's when they really get mad. Because see, if there was somebody else, all right, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But not these people. Not these Negroes. Not these Hispanics. 
Right? See? So they really get angry. It's, it's not even as much that God have a chosen people. But when you tell them it's you, <laughs> see, that's when the problem comes in. Huh? You. And see, really it's because they know how they feel about us deep down inside. So they don't want to believe it. They don't because they know how they feel. And people think that we're oversensitive. No, we're being attacked on all fronts. Through religion, through media, through music, through law, through every way, brothers and sisters, we're being picked on. This is the racist theology, brothers and sisters. And they claim that they follow the Bible. If you follow the Bible, you would know that the children of Israel are all people of color. And they're God's chosen people. It's not what your book says. Get that up out of here. See, brothers and sisters? When you look and you know what to look for, and you know your, your doctrine of your Bible, the foundation, you know how to pick through the weeds to say, okay, yeah, they got some good things there, but it's false because of this, this, and this. We're going to go through the rest. It's built on racist theology, brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to go to John 3 and 3. Because we usually have those who deal with Hinduism and Buddhism say that, you know, you don't die. You, you're reincarnated. You come back as white mice and all types of other, all, all types of other stuff. This is what they say, brothers and sisters. You know, so they may be walking around one day and see some cabbage pop up somewhere and think it's their aunt or their uncle or something, brothers and sisters. This, this is Gentiles, brothers and sisters. They Remember, they didn't receive the law, so they don't know. They, this is what they think, brothers and sisters. And not only and not only can you just... You don't just always come back as another man or woman. You come back as a butterfly. You come back as anything. This is the foolishness that they're teaching, brothers and sisters. They're fools. When we say they're fools, we, we don't mean, you know, personally. We mean a fool is a person who don't believe in the Most High. That's what the Bible says. So they'll tell you, listen... Hey, man, you know, it's my 10th time being here. I had one brother tell me that this is why Will Smith is so smart, because he's been here about 10 different times. So that's how he that's how he think like that, because his mind, you know, it's like that because he's been here 10 times. I'm like, brother, you need to leave them drugs alone, brother. OK, I don't know what you're dealing with, but you need to calm down, brother. Reincarnation, brothers and sisters, is a major facet of the Eastern religions of Hinduism and Buddhism. And our people, especially black people, are now getting into Buddhism. Look at it, brothers and sisters. Our people are leaving the church and going into these New Age movements that have no law. Read verse three, uh, 3, brother, because this is the main scripture they bring. This is the, you know, this is perhaps the most frequently quoted verse uh, that is used to support reincarnation in the Bible. However, the verse is taken out of context. We're going to show you. John 3, verse 3. Christ answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See? See, that's reincarnation. You got to be born again. See? So if you don't do the right thing this time, you can do the right thing next time. See, and that's the psyche that come with that, brothers and sisters. That's a trick from Satan that make you believe you got more than one life so you can waste this one. That's a trick from Satan, brothers and sisters. Now, we're not saying that the soul doesn't continue. The soul lives on. That energy lives on, brothers and sisters. Because why? You're creating the Most High's image. So the Most High can't destroy himself. So your soul cannot be destroyed. But you don't come back as, you know... As birds and flamingos, and you don't come back as that kind of stuff, brothers and sisters. 
You don't come back as, a, you know, another man outside of yourself. That's a trick from Satan, brothers and sisters, because he wants you to believe you can waste this life and think you're going to get another one. When you're going to wake up in brimstone and fire. Read that one more time, brother. Read John uh, verse, three, yeah. verse 3. Christ answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right, but this is out of context, brothers and sisters. This is talking about a spiritual rebirth. Jump to verse uh, 5, brother, to verse, show what that means. Verse 5. Christ answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, so this is talking about baptism, brothers and sisters. See, so they'll just use this scripture. They say, oh, it says born again. So that's reincarnation. So they're just grasping for straws, brothers and sisters. If you want to believe that, just believe it. Don't try to use the Bible, though. People try to use the Bible as a crutch because they know if it don't come from the Bible and nobody, majority of people don't want to hear. Now, you can show me in the Bible. I'll hear it. See? So this is what they teach, brothers and sisters. Those that believe in the doctrine of reincarnation will try and tell us that there is indeed reincarnation in the Bible. However, their use of biblical scripture is not backed up by other verses. So they'll just choose one verse. Matter of fact, let's give you the whole context. Read one through five, brother, so you can understand what this is talking about. John three and one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Christ by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Christ answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he, when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Christ answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, so this is what this rebirth is, brothers and sisters, or being born again. It's a spiritual rebirth that happens after you go through the water. You kill your old self, and that old person that you used to be. You come up something new. This isn't talking about reincarnation, brothers and sisters. Because why? If you're going to be reincarnated, when do you get judged? And see, that's really what they're trying to escape. <laughs> Those who believe in reincarnation are not fond of an idea of a judgment. That's where that's where it all stems from. So if I just act like, you know, if I just ignore it and act like I don't believe in it, then, you know, I'll go past the judgment. And a lot of a lot of people are going to find out the most high is real when they stand in, you know, face to face with them, brothers and sisters. Because it's usually when people want to go this route because they know they're doing something that's wrong, that there's a judgment connected to so they'll, they'll just make up stuff. They'll just say, yeah, you come back, you know, every third and fourth generation, like, you know, you'll come back. Nah. Nah. It's against the Bible. So anybody teaching that, you know it's against the Bible and you can't believe it, brothers and sisters. Let's show you Mark 16 and 15 when it's talking about being born again. Because there's even Israelites, brothers and sisters, who believe in reincarnation. The Sadducees in the Bible, brothers and sisters, believe in reincarnation. So they were vexed. When Christ rose again, they were vexed. <laughs> because they knew that the doctrine was false. So there's Israelites who, right now, who are walking around who believe in reincarnation. It's because they don't have the understanding. We don't fault them for not having understanding. We're going to give you the understanding. 
for our brothers and our sisters to have the same information for us so we can fight together. It's not about who's smart and who knows what. We all need this knowledge. We're going to need each other, brothers and sisters. It's not about who knows what and all this other mess. We just need to all come together with the same ideology and understanding so we can fight this spiritual war. We're going to read Mark 16 and 15, further proof of what being born again is. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what this church does. We will travel in the country, out the country to do just that. Teach the true gospel of who the children of Israel are, who the Most High is. Continue, brother. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Read that again, brother. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So uh, the brothers and sisters who believe will get baptized. Even if it's not today, they know that they're working up to it, brothers and sisters. Those that believe in Christ get baptized. This is talking about baptism. Not about uh, reincarnation, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So baptism is an expression of faith, brothers and sisters. If you have faith in Christ and the Most High, then you'll be baptized. Baptism is an ordinance of the Lord, of the Most High, of which those who have repented and have come to the faith express their union with Christ through baptism. That's what it signifies, brothers and sisters. That's when you start your journey, brothers and sisters. And we do it at this church. So when people are ready for that, we're going to help them start the second half of their life and have a new birthday. Be born again. Kill that old man. Drown that old man, that old woman who we used to be, and elevate to something greater. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge how you were wrong. Acknowledge to the most high you need change. That's part of repentance. Repentance is acknowledging it. Acknowledge what we've done. Acknowledge the change by going through the water the same way Christ did. Unless you're better than Christ. Because Christ went through the water. So I don't think any of us have a space to, to you know, to say we don't need to do that. If you're following Christ, you do what Christ did, brothers and sisters. So we need to show you that this is talking about baptism, not reincarnation. Go to Matthew 28 and 18, brother. Because this that the reincarnation doctrine is very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous, brothers and sisters. Matthew twenty-eight, verse eighteen. <clears throat> and Christ came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So this is what our church does, brothers and sisters. We travel, we baptize, we teach the gospel. That's our objective. That's our purpose. And there's other churches out there doing the same thing, but we're going to do our part, brothers and sisters. So if you're looking for baptism, you can always email us at commandmentkeepers, the number one, the number eight, at hotmail.com. And we can facilitate that, brothers and sisters. Whether we're going to have to travel to you, you know, if you're within the United States, you you contact us and we'll make it happen, brothers and sisters. We will make it happen. We're going to go to Romans 6 and 3.
We're putting these religions to the test, brothers and sisters. Romans 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us are, as were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death. See, so when you're baptized, you get the covering of the blood. The blood is not going to cover you if you think you don't have to be baptized. You have to be baptized in order to receive the covering of Christ. All of us, each and every one of us, mothers, grandmothers, granddaddy, everybody. Nobody is better than Christ, brothers and sisters. And the people who deny baptism are usually the most smug, arrogant, evil people. Because they think they're better than everybody else. And they don't need no correction. Usually, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. To show you, this is what being born again is. So somebody can't use that scripture to say it's talking about reincarnation. Colossians 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. From the dead. Right. So once we're baptized, that means we died with Christ. That old man had died with Christ, and we rise as a new creature. Verse thirteen, and you being dead in your sins. See, your sins are dead. That's how you're born again, because you died. Your sins died. You drowned it out. Demons can't swim, brothers and sisters. Verse 13. And you being dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. See? So when you go through the water, you're dead to your sins, and the Most High forgive you of your trespasses. All of us, each and every one of us, will be forgiven if we acknowledge by going through that water. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. See, so he will erase our sins. Each and every one of us, our individual sins, he'll erase it. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing us and nailing it to his cross. Right, so he nailed your transgressions to the cross if you receive the cross, if you receive dependence by being baptized, your old self of unbelief and rebellion and idolatry has died, and a new you of faith and submission and treasuring Christ came into being when you came out of the water, brothers and sisters, or when you come out of the water. That's what you confess to the world and, you know, to the heavens. That's what you're confessing as you come out of that water. You're acknowledging your sin and say you're ready to fight in this war for Christ. That's the first step, brothers and sisters. That's the first step. Notice, Christ's ministry didn't start until he was baptized. All the healing, all of that was done after the baptism, brothers and sisters. The baptism is what started his ministry. We're going to show you Hebrews 9 and 27 to buffer the point that there's no such thing as reincarnation in the way that they're teaching it. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Hebrews 9 and 27. And and as it is appointed unto men once to die. Read that again. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. See? So it's for man to die once and then judgment. Not you come back 22 different times. It's not happening. All men die once and then what? The judgment. See? 
So the belief in reincarnation have become more attractive in the past decades amongst new agers, young people, those who do not like the belief in judgment. That's who this has become popular around, brothers and sisters. But this scripture makes it clear that humanity only dies once and then is judged on the life that he or she have lived. One is not born again into an endless cycle of death and rebirth. That's not happening, brothers and sisters. Death awaits us all because we're all sinners, brothers and sisters. We're all sinners. So the Bible teaches us that at death, while a man's body is mortal, it returns to the dust. His soul, his soul and his spirit continue on. That's what the scriptures tell us, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. So, brothers and sisters, we just went into reincarnation. Now, usually, typically, what, what also is attached to reincarnation? Meditation. Meditation comes with it, brothers and sisters. Those who believe in reincarnation, majority of them believe in meditation. And they'll try to say that the Bible teaches you to meditate. The Bible does teach you to meditate, but not in the fashion that they are doing it. And we're going to prove to you what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about meditation. We're going to Psalms 12 and 1. This is biblical meditation, not pagan atheistic meditation. Psalms 1 and 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. See? So the meditation the Bible's talking about is meditating on his word. That's not what Buddhists are talking about, brothers and sisters. And Buddhists try to claim that the Bible substantiates meditation. So they'll just see the word meditation there and then don't read anything else and say, yeah, see, that's meditation. Listen, brothers and sisters, the proof of any doctrine always lies within the Bible. The Bible itself will always verify or clarify the truth of any doctrine by providing supporting verses. So read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. See, so the Lord's instruction in regards to meditation is to always be filling our mind with thoughts of him and constantly seeking his will and to be delighted in thinking about his word, brothers and sisters, about his instructions, brothers and sisters. That's the meditation the Bible's talking about. The goal is to strengthen us in our relationship with the Most High and encourage us to delight in him. To worship him with our thoughts and our prayers. That's the meditation the Bible's talking about. See? That's, read that one more time, brother, please. Psalms 1 and 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law do he meditate day and night. See? And this completely is opposite of what the New Age meditation is. The New Age meditation, these Eastern religions, is about emptying your mind. See, it's completely different. The Bible's telling you, fill your mind with biblical precepts and understanding. Buddhists tell you, empty your mind. Right? See? Be, it's in direct opposition of the Bible. So Buddhists and those who practice Hinduism and all these Eastern religions, they teach you, you know, they instruct you to empty your mind of thought, to open one's mind to the spiritual realm and ultimately reach a state of oneness. You know, in the ultimate consciousness. So take everything out of your mind. Don't think about anything. See, that's the devil's playground. When your mind, you let your mind wander like that and just be open, that's where Satan come in, brothers and sisters. So biblical meditation is to think about precept meaning and application to our lives. Not for you to empty your mind and think about 
the sky. That's not what the Bible is talking about. It's completely different, brothers and sisters. Let's show you. Let's go to Psalms 119 and 15 to show you further proof <clears throat> of what? Of biblical meditation. We're going to Psalms 119 verse 15. Psalms 119 and 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. See, what are precepts? Precepts are or is a rule intended to regulate behavior or thought. So that's what a precept is. We are to think on the Most High's laws and statutes, his scriptures, his moral compass, his instruction. Not empty your mind. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts. And have respect unto thy ways. See, so when you meditate, you meditate on the Most High. You think about Him, especially on the Sabbath. Even if you're at work, you think about the Most High God. You think about how you can help Him. You think about where you've come from. You think about how you've changed on the Sabbath. That's your holy day, your weekly holy day, the seventh day, Saturday. Even if you're working, using your grace, you pray to the Most High on that day. Because why? You have higher level of access. If you need a healing on that day, somebody in your family is sick on that day, you need a, you know, a li- some liberation, you need to know how you pay your bills, this is the day, brothers and sisters, where you have high, you have high level um, communication with the Most High. So meditating, the biblical meditation is thinking on the Most High God's law. Now, what else comes with meditation? Yoga. Yoga is a form of meditation, brothers and sisters. Yoga is meditation. It's the practice that engages not just the hands, but the entire body, repeating mantras and chanting. You know, the chanting incorporates the voice. And it's deception, brothers and sisters. The ultimate goal of yoga <clears throat> is that the practitioner reaches a total trance-like stillness in which the consciousness reaches the ultimate truth or enlightenment this is what they teach brothers and sisters through yoga see you're opening yourself up open your mind but what you're unaware is that these practices that are aimed to open your mind actually open oneself to the spiritual realm to be attacked by demons brothers and sisters it's an ancient pagan practice Ancient pagan practice, brothers and sisters. Hebrews, Israelites didn't deal with this level of mysticism. We didn't deal with this mess, brothers and sisters. The practice of yoga is pagan at best and occult at its worst. Now, what else comes with that, brothers and sisters? When, you, when you're doing yoga and you're meditating, what, what do they do? They, they say, um, right? What is that? Hmm, what is that? What you're going to find out today is that that's, a, that's the name of a pagan deity. Um, that's the name of a pagan deity, brothers and sisters, that you're invoking. All right? Well, how do you hold your hands, right? You hold your hands with your, your thumb and your pointer finger making an O, right? And what is that? That's an O and an M when you do that. Um, so not only are you holding the symbol in your hand, you're invoking the name of a pagan deity. You're inviting them in, brothers and sisters. We're calling upon the powerful energy of the Ganesh. The Ganesh, brothers and sisters, also known as the... um, It's the Ganesh. We know you've seen it. The Ganesh is what? 
It's the elephant head, brothers and sisters, with the four arms. You've seen it in Indian uh, mythology. This is the Ganesh, brothers and sisters, also known as the, um, that vibration. It's the name of a demon, brothers and sisters. It's the name of a demon. It's the elephant head with a man's body with four arms. See, they'll never tell you this, brothers and sisters. They will never tell you this. They'll tell you in Buddhism, they don't believe in God. No, they believe in gods. 300 of them. They don't believe in monotheism, so they don't believe one is over the other. But everything they do in is a pagan ritual, brothers and sisters. Right down to the yoga to have you contort your body into different shapes so demons identify with those symbols. It's pagan, brothers and sisters. A lot of people think it's, you know, it's just a nice... You know, it's just a soft, nice nature. Yeah. This is how they come. They come in innocence. All innocence, brothers and sisters, when really, it's one of the highest level of Satan worship. Satanic worship, brothers and sisters, and paganism. Invoking demons. Holding your hands in the symbols. Making your body into symbols that demons identify with. A demon identify with symbols. So if you're wearing a symbol... Or you have your body in that symbol. That's how they identify with you. And say, okay, that's one of mine. I'll go use his vessel. I'll jump into him. Control this vessel. That's one of mine. He got the symbol on him. This is what they do, brothers and sisters. See? It's ritualistic spells. It's invocation, brothers and sisters. We got the information on the Ganesh. Brother, um, let's go to the Ganesh, brother. Now, Ganesh is spelled... G-A-N-E-S-H We went into the encyclopedias On Wikipedia and said And just, you know, wanted to see What are they saying about the Ganesh? This is what it says, brothers and sisters This is the Ganesh is the um Ganesh Is one of the best known And most worshipped deities In the Hindu pantheon His image is found throughout India Sri Lanka Thailand Belize which is Indonesia, Bangladesh, and Nepal. Hindu de- denominations worship him regardless of affiliation. Although he is known by many attributes, Ganesh's elephant elephant head makes him easy to identify. See, so it's the elephant head. When you've ever been around Indian culture, brothers and sisters, you've seen this elephant head with the four arms. This is the Ganesh, or the, um, that vibration. Ganesh is widely revered as the remover of obstacles. As the god of beginnings, he is honored at the start of rites and ceremonies. See, so it's channeling, brothers and sisters. Go to the next part, brother. Am, which is spelled A-U-M. Ganesh is identified with the Hindu mantra Am. See, Ganesh, excuse me, Ganesh is identified with what, brother? Is identified with the Hindu mantra Om, and it's also spelled O-M. O-M. Um, or you can spell it A-U-M. See? So the Ganesh, which is that that pagan deity, that elephant head, is one with that vibration sound of the um. That's the devil, brothers and sisters. They're invoking demons. And see, why you don't believe in God, they believe in Satan. How can there be a devil without a God, brothers and sisters? And see, they'll follow their God. But you won't, will you? Our people won't follow our God when you got all these pagans following their gods to the highest order, on the highest level, and teaching us to do it. I I almost passed out the other day. I saw an article for Christian yoga. I'm like, what? 
What kind of mess is this? <laughs> Christian yoga? See, you could be a Christian and be anything. <laughs> a Christian is just like a title, like sir, like doctor or something. Mm-hmm. You could just be anything you want to be and be a Christian, can't you? Christian yoga? Come on, brothers and sisters. Come on. See, this that flood. Remember, Satan sent out that flood, brothers and sisters. See? Right in these religions, and they always use a bunch of soft tones and colors when they talk about Buddhism and Hinduism, right? To make you think it's something natural and nice. And then what do they do? They hide behind nature. Well, yeah, I just want to be one with the earth, with the soil, you know? Because we came from the soil, so I, you know, just want to be like... See, when people start talking like that, you know, the spirit of nature and Mother Earth, they're pagans. That's where Satanists hide behind nature, brothers and sisters. They worship nature. They're pagans, brothers and sisters. Anytime you hear somebody talking about, you know, being one with nature and all this other mess, they're, they're devil worshippers, brothers and sisters. They hide behind that as a cloak. All the time, they're witches, they're wiccans, brothers and sisters. See? So the Ganesh, the elephant head, also known as the Am, that mantra that comes with what? Meditation and yoga, which all come from Hinduism, Buddhism, Eastern religions, brothers and sisters. Listen, you can stretch without it being yoga. You don't have to say these different names. And this comes even in the martial arts. The martial arts teach you how to control your breathing. That's of the devil, brothers and sisters. Your, your breathing patterns. Right? And they teach you how to say certain words when you punch. You're really saying the names of demons that's giving you that power. They'll never tell you this. Once you get up in those higher ranks of martial arts, they'll they'll tell you. They'll tell you. But as you you know, on the bottom they you know, they're not in a position to tell you. They don't need to. But as you get up there, they start to give you some of those uh intricate details, some of those secrets. This is yoga. This is meditation, brothers and sisters. This is ritualistic spells. This is invocation. See? Always remember, brothers and sisters, those dealing with that particular religion are high Satanists, high pagans. Now, we're going to move on from the Hindus and from the Buddhists. We're going to go to the Christians now. Because the Christians, we couldn't leave Christians out. You know they're pagans. But they're unknown pagans. They don't even know they're pagans. That's the problem. See, you got those who know they're Satan worshippers. Then you have those who are following Satan unbeknownst to them. Christians don't even know that they're following Satan. Go to Jeremiah 10 because the Bible talked to you about, about celebrating pagan festivals like Christmas. Christmas is a pagan festival that the Bible warns you against, brothers and sisters. Now, every one of us celebrated Christmas coming up. So we're not condemning anybody. But once you know, especially once you have the ideology, the idea of who you are, this is not your custom. Christmas is not your custom, brothers and sisters. It's not for you. That's why it's always, it's always something evil going on around Christmas. That's why the most suicides happen around Christmas. Because why? There's a spirit of what? Christmas or Xmas, right? <clears throat> If it's not the spirit of the Most High, what is it? It's the spirit of Satan. And they're telling you the spirit of Christmas. That's Satan, brothers and sisters. Scramble his name. It's Santa, the man in red coming out of the fire. That's Satan, brothers and sisters. The man in red coming out of the fire. Satan, Santa, 
the Bible prophesied not to celebrate Christmas, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. This led to our captivity. This led to us being broken down financially. This led to the curses that happened in our families, brothers and sisters. This is a pagan ritual. And I know it's hard to, you know, because why? It's all about getting gifts and stuff. And listen, we fell victim to that as children, you know. But as you become a man or an adult, a woman, it's time for the truth. I can't follow paganism because I want to have fun and I want some toys. Because why? We have holy days. We have holidays in the Bible that we give gifts on. So we have a plethora of holy days in the Bible that Israelites follow. We just have made a decision to put down the paganism. Christmas is pagan, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Go to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, brothers. Jeremiah 10, verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Who? O house of Israel. Who? House of Israel. So he's talking to Israelites, brothers and sisters. Everybody else is not going to follow this. This is not their custom. This is your custom. Verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Do what? Learn not the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the heathens. Who are the heathens? The Gentiles, the people outside of Israel. Why are they called heathens? Because they have no law. A person who follows no law is a heathen, according to the Bible. They eat whatever they want. They have intercourse with whoever they want. They celebrate whatever they want. They do whatever they want. They wear whatever they want. See, that's a heathen, according to the Bible. We're not that. We're people of law. We follow the Most High's laws. That's what makes us special. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathens are dismayed at them. So learn not the way of the heathen. Now it's going to go into a heathenistic custom. Verse 3. For the customs of the people are vain. For what? For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest. The work of the hands... The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. So one cut off a tree out of the forest. We know that you have certain people um, who it's their tradition to go cut down their own tree. They go right and cut down their own trees, brothers and sisters. The Bible is talking about this thousands of years before it was ever called Christmas. Continue, brother. Verse 4. They deck it with silver and with gold. They what? They deck it with silver they and with the gold. They what? See? Putting the gold and the silver trim and the lights around it, right? Dressing it up. And see, when we were a people, this was real gold and real silver, brothers and sisters, that we were putting on there. But now we're not in that position. But we're still doing it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with the hammer that it moved not. They fashion it with nails and hammers. That's back then. Now you have the screws on the bottom of the tree, right? You screw it in to tighten it up and make it stand up right. This is the Christmas tree. The Bible is telling you that's a heathenistic custom. And that leads to our slavery. That leads to our captivity. That leads to our servitude. That leads to our circumstances of our finances being in this way. How many people grew up with single mothers who was putting themselves through heck to get Christmas gifts on a pagan day? And they'll tell you, we know it's not Christ's birthday. Stop right there. You're saying you know it's not Christ's birthday, but yet you're about to keep talking and say why we should accept it. That's the sorcery behind it. Because they know it's not Christ's birthday and they're still celebrated. We all know that Christ was not born in the dead of winter. He couldn't have been. The scriptures tell you that the, sh the shepherds were out with their flocks. You can't have flocks out in the mid of winter, brothers and sisters. The grass is dead in the middle of winter. They're not grazing their sheep in the middle of winter, brothers and sisters. 
Christ was not born in December in a manger outside. <laughs> this is a pagan heathenistic custom, brothers and sisters. You cutting a tree, a living tree, out of the forest, bringing it into your home, dressing it up, putting gold on it, and then bringing it back to life by putting water in it. So now you're trying to re-erect it, and then what do you do? You bow down on your knees and open up the gifts right under the tree. See, they set this thing up strategically, brothers and sisters. How you would get down right on your knees to this thing that you, this God that you made with the star on top, with the lights. You made a God. No, matter of fact, you made a bomb. That's what you made because you got wood, electricity, and water. That's a bomb, brothers and sisters. And you wrap that around. And that's why most fires happen around Christmas time, brothers and sisters. When you go look at those Christmas movies again, it's always something negative happening in it, right? See, you never caught that. There's always something negative happening in those Christmas movies. And this is why. It's Satan's day, brothers and sisters. It's had nothing to do with Christ. Read, uh, read 3 through 5, brother, please. Jeremiah 10 and 3. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree. It says, they are, it says they are upright as the palm tree. Why? Because when you screw it in, it stand up straight like a palm tree. The Bible, the Bible, you can't question the Bible. How could the Bible know this thousands of years before Christ even existed? Christ wasn't even born at this time, brothers and sisters. This is Jeremiah. This is during the Babylonian captivity. This is almost half a century before Christ. So they were celebrating this heathenistic custom before Christ. They just put Christ's name on it because they knew our people had a, uh, 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 we had a fervent love for Christ. So they said, you know, if we put Christ's name on it, they'll follow. Because if I tell them it's a pagan day, they won't follow. This is the trick, brothers and sisters. This is the trick. How many of our people go broke every year trying to get Christmas gifts? How many of our brothers who don't have money feel like crap when that day come around? And you see that commercial. The woman with the car, the bow in the car. New ring, right? Kisses begin with K. (laughs) And you broke without a job. Like, what did I do wrong? See? It plays on your emotions, brothers and sisters. The, The single mothers out there who can't get the certain gifts that other kids are getting. Now they feel like less of a parent. This is not of God, brothers and sisters. This is not of God. If you want to give your child gifts, give your child gifts. Your grades is good. You've been listening to your mama. We'll get you some gifts. But don't lie on Christ. See? And this is the proof. What do Christmas have to do with a Christmas tree? Exactly. When is the last time somebody celebrated Christmas without a Christmas tree? Never. Because it's an idol. It's a pagan idol, brothers and sisters, that they're they're attracted to. They're scared of it. Read, brother. They tell you that these people are scared to not put a Christmas tree up. Verse 5. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. See? So be not afraid of these trees. Why? Because you just can't celebrate Christmas without that tree. Can You just have to take that idol in the house, don't you? It's not Christmas if I don't have a Christmas tree. Isn't this what your family say? When is the last time your family went a year without having a Christmas tree? Can you remember? Ever? See? 
This is pagan, brothers and sisters. This is a pagan ritual. And some people say, well, kids, we're doing it for the kids. We're going to worship Satan for the kids. <laughs> no. The truth shall set you free, brothers and sisters. You love somebody, you tell them the truth. Allow them to make the decision. Now, you may be hearing this wherever you're at in the world, and you may be shocked. And you may need to rest on it and pray on it. You do just that. Don't allow anybody to move you faster than you need to move. You pray to the Most High and have Him give you the edification and understanding and open up your heart to be able to put this wicked, pagan, satanic ritual down. How do we know it's pagan? Atheists celebrate Christmas, brothers and sisters. If you don't believe in Christ, why would an atheist be celebrating Christmas? Because they know it have nothing to do with Christ. And that's why atheists have a problem with Christians. Because Christians take all their pagan feasts and then point at them like they're the bad guy. When every Easter, all these pagan days came from the pagans, from the Satanists, brothers and sisters. Christ would never celebrate the date of his own birth. That's what Satanists do. In fact, we're going to show you. Go into the, the Bible, uh, the Satanic Bible, brothers and sisters. Go to page 96. Brothers and sisters, the pagans celebrate their own birth. And they tell you why in the Satanic Bible. Now, all of us used to celebrate our own birthdays, but when we came to the knowledge, we put it down. It's not that it's not your birthday, but you don't have to celebrate it. That's the difference. You don't have to celebrate it. Can you read, brother? Religious holidays. The highest of all holidays is the satanic religion is the date of one's own birth. Read that again, brother. The highest of all holidays in the satanic religion is the date of one's own birth. This is... In direct contradiction to the holy of holy days of other religions. The satanic feels every man is a god if he choose to recognize himself as one. So the satanists celebrate his own birthday as the most important holiday of the year. See, this is straight out of a pagan's mouth, brothers and sisters. We didn't say this. We didn't write this book. The satanist is telling you. Anton LaVey, Church of Satan, Jewish, brothers and sisters. Church of Satan right here in New York telling you. That the highest day for their holy days is the date of one's own birth. And then they'll tell you Christ is celebrating this. You don't celebrate birthdays, brothers and sisters. It's a whole pagan ritual, right? It's the, the cake, the circle cake, which represents the moon. Then you have the candles, which represent the stars. And then what do you do? You wish, right? Who are you wishing to? You're wishing to God. You don't wish to God. You pray to God, brothers and sisters. You Remember fallen stars? You wish on a star, right? See? So it's telling you stars are angels, fallen angels. We know that. So you're wishing on a fallen angel. That's what's going on, brothers and sisters. Who are you wishing to? What is it about? Exactly. Do the research, brothers and sisters. We have been born into a satanic cult. Well, we're serving paganism, and we don't even know. And then we wonder why we're in this predicament. We're not saying that you, you can't acknowledge your birthday. It's your birthday. But really, it's more so your mother's day. Because your mother went through labor for your behind. Pain brought you in this earth. It's your mother's day. It's not your day. But see, it, it's, it's all about you. That's why they're telling you. Read, read it again, brother, from the top, please. The highest of all holidays in the satanic religion is the date of one's own birth. This is in direct contradiction to the holy of holy days of other religions. The satanist feels every man is a god if he chooses to recognize himself as one. 
So the Satanist celebrates his own birthday as the most important holiday of the year. And you notice how a lot of people, they have birthday weeks, right? Birthday month. I heard one brother say, this is my birthday month. I'm just, and what do you usually do on your birthday? All the pagan and evil that you ain't do all year. You're like, I'm about to go get drunk under the table. Do all the drugs. See, this is what come from it, brothers and sisters. I'm going to the strip club. My birthday, make it rain. This is what goes on, brothers and sisters, on these birthdays. Straight paganism and evil. We don't celebrate birthdays, brothers and sisters. And that may be an initial shock, and it may take you some time to actually act, you know, put that into action. And you take as much time as you need. You don't move until the Most High tell you to move. When the Most High convicts your heart, then you move. Not because you heard us say something. You're not following us. You follow Christ. You follow the Most High. There is no scripture, I want to be clear, that says it's wrong to celebrate birthdays. There's no scripture that says that. But, for me, personally, for our church, if we find out that Satanists are, cele- Satanists are celebrating certain, certain things, we do the opposite of that. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Because I don't want to be mistaken for Satanists. They'll never tell you this, brothers and sisters. These holidays... There's child sacrifice on these holidays, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Amos 5 and 25. We're almost done. We've got a couple more scriptures. But these holy days come with what, brothers and sisters? Child sacrifice on Christmas, Halloween. Children are being sacrificed, brothers and sisters. Now, you know, if we went through Christianity, Buddhists, Hindus, Mormons, you know we couldn't leave out Judaism. You know we had to get them too. This is how you prove, brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to Amos 5 and 25 because that what they call that quote-unquote star David is really a pagan symbol, brothers and sisters, according to the Bible. It's a pagan symbol that leads you to demonology. So anybody you see with that symbol is a pagan, even if it's a black Hebrew. And the black Hebrews or black Israelites with this symbol are the, the most vile, loud, angry, disrespectful, because that's what come with this particular image. And we're going to show you the image. We're going to Amos 5 and 25 through 27. Amos 5 verse 25. Have ye offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the ta- but ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch. You have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch. So we started building tabernacles to Moloch, which is a pagan Satan deity. Can you read that again, brother? Verse twenty six. But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch, and she on your and she on your images, the star of your God. The what? The star of your God. Which ye made to yourselves. So the star of your God. We're going to see what that star is. The star of Moloch. Can you finish the next scripture though brother? Verse 27. Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus. Said the Lord. Whose name is the God of hosts. See so because we're using this symbol. We went into captivity. And then we got our brothers out there on the street. Using it right now. Read your Bibles brothers and sisters. And don't get caught up in this Jew. A lot of our people, they find out we're the Jews and then we go learn from the Jewish people. I know a lot of brothers who learn it in the synagogue with the Messianic Jews. And then then, then you see, the Jewish, they come in. They say, you know what? They go into the black communities. They say, we're going to show you black people in the Bible. You've been deprived from black people in the Bible. Then they take you to Moses' Ethiopian wife. I'm like, no, brother. We're not the Ethiopian wife. We're Moses, brother. This is what they do. They want to control it. 
Like we need to show you black people in the Bible. Moses married an Ethiopian wife. That's where they go because they want to control it. I'm like, brother, don't get out of here with that mess. You're not going to make my people believe they're the Ethiopians. We're not Ethiopian. We're Moses. We're the Israelites. This is what they do, brothers and sisters. I know brothers right now learning in the synagogue from the Edomites, from the Jewish people, as if the Jewish people are following the Bible. They just have the name. They're not following the Bible at all. The holy days are at different times. They got different names. Everything is different, brothers and sisters. They just have the name. So if you start following them, if you start following the holy days on their calendar, the Jewish calendar, you're going to be wrong because they're not following the Most High. They're following Satan, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 27. Therefore, will I call Actually, you. Can you read all uh, from 25 through 27, brother? Amos 5 and 25. Have ye offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch, and she on your images, the star of your God, which ye made to yourselves. So the star of your God, we're going to show you what that star is, brothers and sisters. The star of your God that our people follow, that was a symbol for paganism, is this symbol right here, the six-pointed star. This is the star Moloch. It's a demonic symbol, brothers and sisters. It's a demonic symbol that we use to offer up our children as human sacrifices. Go to Leviticus 18 and 21. Leviticus 18 verse 21. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. See, pass through the fire of Moloch. What we would do, what our people would do is set that, that six-pointed star on fire. And then put a bull, a metal bull cat on top of the fire. And then we would put our children in the fire to die and drain the blood, brothers and sisters. This is why we went into captivity. Our people was doing this. This is children's, this is human baby sacrifice, brothers and sisters, using that symbol. Using that symbol. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 21. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. Right. See, so we started using that six-pointed star to sacrifice our children into and now, look who's using it. The Jewish people are using that symbol. And what? Now that it was common knowledge that the six-pointed star was also known as the seal of Solomon or the star of Rimfran. So it was, it was already acknowledged as paganism. So what did they start doing? They started to use the five-pointed star, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Go in the uh, Satanic Bible, brother, to page 87 because it talked about this. It talked about the human sacrifice. It talked about them using the star in the satanic Bible. Brothers and sisters, we're going to show you. We're going to read um, page 87 under the human sacrifices to show you why Satanists use this symbol and what do they use it for. On the choice of humans of a human sacrifice... The supposed purpose in performing the ritual of sacrifice is to throw the energy provided by the blood of the freshly slaughtered victim into the atmosphere of the magical working, thereby intensifying the magician's chances of success. See, so they use the, the, the slaughter, they use blood 
to heighten their power through their uh, wizardry. See? So what our people was doing back then is we were killing our children in order to get blessings from Satan. The same thing that's going on today with these celebrities, brothers and sisters. How a lot of these celebrities' children come up dead and stuff. People around them, mothers. It's because they're doing this to Satan. Because Satan will give them power if they sacrifice blood. Innocent blood. That's what's going on, brothers and sisters. Out there. This is the real world. This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. This is right in their own book. Human sacrifice. Can you read that again, brother? The supposed purpose in performing the ritual of sacrifice is to throw the energy provided by the blood of the freshly slaughtered victim into the atmosphere of the magical working, thereby intensifying the magician's chances of success. The white magician assumes that since blood represents the life force, there is no better way to appear to appease the gods or demons than to present them with suitable quantities of it. See? So this is what was going on. They were using this symbol for paganism, for child sacrifice, brothers and sisters. Bear with us. We're almost done. We've got about 10 more minutes. Brother, go to page 136 to show you the symbols that they use, brothers and sisters. These are the symbols that they use. Six-pointed star, the goat head. They would set this six-pointed star on fire and put a child in the middle of it and take his life for human sacrifice, brothers and sisters. My next guest was used also in worshiping the devil, participated in human sacrifice rituals, rituals and cannibalism. She says her family has been involved in rituals for generations. She is currently in extensive therapy, suffers from multiple personality disorder, meaning she's blocked out many of the terrifying and painful memories of her childhood. Meet Rachel, who is also in disguise to protect her identity. You come from generations of ritualistic uh, abuse? Um, yes, my family has an extensive family tree, and they keep track of who's been involved and who hasn't been involved. And it's gone back to, like, 1700. And so you were... Right. I was born into a family that believes in this. And, and this is a, this is, does everyone else think it's a nice Jewish family? From the outside, you appear to be a nice Jewish girl. Definitely. And you all are worshipping the devil inside the home? Right. There's other Jewish families across the country. It's not just my own family. Really? And so who knows about it? Lots of people now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I talked to a police detective in the Chicago area, and several of my friends know, and I've spoke publicly before. And so when you were brought up in this this kind of evilness, did you just think it was normal? Um, I've blocked out a lot of the memories I had um, because of my multiple personality disorder. But yes, I mean, it's like if you grow up with something, you think it's normal. Mm-hmm. I always thought... So what kinds of things? You don't have to give us the gory details, but what kinds of things went on in the family? Um... Well, there would be rituals in which babies would be sacrificed and you would have to, you know... Who's babies? Um, there were people who um, bred babies in our family. No one would know about it. A lot of people were overweight, so you couldn't tell if they were pregnant or not. Or they would supposedly go away for a while and then come back. They, re- they wrote about it. We used their own words. Brother, can you go to page uh, 136? 
The symbol of the Baphomet. Baphomet. We know that the Baphomet is what? The goat head on the man's body. In Satanism, the pentagram is also used, but since Satanism represents the carnal instincts of man. Right, so they in the beginning they used the six-pointed star. And the Jewish people are using it. But now that it's become so alarming, they've started to try to use the five-pointed star in the same exact way. Can you read, brother? In Satanism, the pentagram is also used. But since Satanism represents the carnal instincts of man or the opposite of the spiritual nature, the pentagram is inverted to perfectly accommodate the head of the goat. Its horns, representing duality, thrust upward in defiance. The other three points inverted or the tr Trinity denied the Hebraic figures around the outer circle of the symbol, which stem from the magical teachings of Kabbalah, spell out Leviathan, the serpent of the watery abyss and identifies with Satan. Right. So this symbol identifies with Satan, brothers and sisters. So when you see this symbol, that's the goat head, brothers and sisters. That's a satanic symbol. And it's not, it's not, it's pretty strange, actually, that the six-pointed star and the five-pointed star is the main symbol of these gangs. The bloods, the crypts. See? This is all instituted, brothers and sisters. This is straight demonology and paganism. Don't wear these symbols. And parents, watch the toys that your kids are bringing home. Watch the games that they're playing because these symbols are everywhere. Watch the graphic t-shirts that you're buying for your children, brothers and sisters. And young men and women. Be careful of these symbols. These symbols have Satan identify with you. And believe that he can come and use your vessel because you're wearing this symbol. So be careful, brothers and sisters. This is what the Jewish people are using. This is the symbol. Go to, go to Revelations 2 and 9. Because why? The Bible told you that they were Satanists. Those people using that symbol who are Jewish. This is what the Bible has to say about them. They're using the, the satanic symbol. They're sacrificing children. And this is what the Bible has to say. Revelation 2 and 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. But are the synagogue of Satan. I know the blasphemy of them who say they are Jews and are not. Who is that? Jewish people. Because black people are not claiming to be Jews. We claim to be African American, black, and all this other stuff. The people on a large scale who are claiming to be Jews are what? The synagogue of Satan. The Bible tells you that. Read it again, brother. Verse 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. But are the synagogue of Satan. See, so that's why they're using that symbol. They're the synagogue of Satan. Who worship in synagogues? Those who stole our identity, the Jewish, the Edomites, the white people who have stolen our identity and claimed our land. They're pagans. They're Satanists, brothers and sisters. And they're using satanic demonology symbols. So we got Judaism, we got Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, Mormonism. I think we got them all, brothers and sisters. All of the main religions, you should be able to defend yourself and know that if any of it don't line up with the Bible, then all of it don't line up with the Bible. If anything's wrong, it's all wrong. So if it don't line up, brothers and sisters, let it go because you have the truth. You have the authority. Don't allow Satan to trick you into giving up your authority. 
when this book is the authority, brothers and sisters. We're going to John 14 and 6. We've got four more scriptures. We're going to close out. John 14 and 6. We know this was a, a longer lesson, brothers and sisters, but we think it was critical because the children of Israel are under attack and being targeted by these different religions. And our people need the truth. John 14 and 6. Christ saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, so where do Christ fit in with Judaism? They don't believe in Christ, do they? Where did he fit in with Buddhism? They believe in Christ? How about Hinduism? How about Egyptology? Do any of them believe in Christ? And if they don't, then they're not getting into the kingdom. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. Christ saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Right. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. If they don't accept Christ, we don't accept you. We're not learning from anybody if they don't accept Christ, period. I don't care how nice they make it sound or how much money they have or whatever. If you don't follow Christ, I don't, get, I don't care if you're an Israelite. I don't care if you're the blackest Israelite and you know about slave shit. Don't care. Don't care. If you're not following Christ, you're not getting in. Period. That's what the Bible said, brothers and sisters. Go to 2 John 1 and 10, brother. 2 John. Near Revelations. 2 John 1 and 10. <clears throat> if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. See, so don't socialize with pagans, brothers and sisters. We're not in the position to learn from you. You're pagan. You don't follow the Bible. You believe in all these other religions. We're not in a position to learn from you. Now, are we saying you can't be cordial with people of other religions? No. How are you going to convert them if you're not cordial with them? But as far as hanging and going out, it, nah, nah. I don't hang out with Satanists. <laughs> Period. I don't. Now, if it's somebody who you feel like may, you may be able to bring into the truth, then you can, you know, tarry a little bit. But you're not tarrying to just hang out. You're tarrying to bring him to the truth. So if you need to be amongst people, then be amongst them, respect them, and bring them home to the truth, brothers and sisters. We don't hang out with Buddhists. I'm not going out to dinner with a Hinduist or whatever they call themselves. I'm not going out to dinner with a Mormon. Unless it's somebody I know personally. If it's somebody that I grew up with, then that's something different. Because I know them. I have a relationship with them. I can try to bring them into the truth. But I'm not meeting new Mormons out there and going out to hang out. I'm not meeting new Buddhists out there like, you know what? We should go catch that festival the other day. Yeah. It's not going to happen, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. <clears throat> verse, verse 10. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. So if they bring you a different gospel than what you heard today. Receive him not into your house. Neither bid him God speed. Don't even tell him shalom. That's what they're saying. Don't even tell him shalom. Right? Because why? If you make them think they're right on anything, they're going to continue the foolishness that they already continued on because you never corrected them on it. Don't even bid them shalom, brothers and sisters. Which is blessings, peace, agree. Continue, brother. Verse 11. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. See? So we don't, we don't socialize with pagans 
and atheists and people who question the Bible and question God. Unless they're genuinely just don't understand. There's some people who don't understand the Bible and the teachings, so they just don't follow. Then there's others who have a hatred for God and for the Bible and try to tear down the Bible. Those people we don't socialize with. You're a fool. You don't believe in God. That's on you. Get away from me. Just go over there and mind your business. This is for believers here. So if you don't believe in Christ, this isn't for you. Change the channel. We're going to Galatians chapter 1 and 8. Then we're going to go to Ephesians 4. Galatians 1 verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So if anybody, including an angel, try to come and bring another gospel to you other than what you learned today, let him be accursed. See? No matter if they claim they believe in the Bible, if they go against what you learned today, let them be accursed. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. See, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. If they try to bring you another gospel, they will, they shall be accursed. Go to Ephesians 4 and 14, brother. We've got a couple of scriptures and we get ready to close out. Go back on this lesson, brothers and sisters. Listen to it again so you can absorb the full context of everything. Because we went over various topics in various religions. And sometimes you don't catch it the first time. So you go back on it, you listen to it, you get your notepad out, and you take your notes. Ephesians 4 and 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. See, so tossed to and fro. Let me go here and see how it is being a Buddhist. Let me go here and see what it's like being a Hindu. Let me go here and see what it's like being a Muslim. Let me go here and see what it's like being a Mormon. See, that's tossed to and fro. You all over the place with no direction, no foundation. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, Whereby they lie and wait to deceive. See, so when you're being carried to and fro like that, learning all these different things, Satan is waiting to deceive you, brothers and sisters. He's waiting in the cut to deceive you. That's why he put all these different religions out there. There's only one truth. And it's through this Bible. The Bible is not a religion, brothers and sisters. We even showed you how Christians aren't following the Bible. We even showed you how Jewish people are not following the Bible. So all religion is false, brothers and sisters. Every last bit of it. We follow historical literature, not religion. This is not a religion, brothers and sisters. The way we use the Bible is historical, not for control. So a lot of people, you know, they put the Bible down because they believe everything the Christians have taught. When the Christians are pagans using the Bible, straight off. They don't know it, but it doesn't change the fact that that's what they are. We don't teach nothing do the Christian church and do we teach the same, even though we're using the same book. Because one of us is following it, the other is not. They're using it as a prop. We're going to uh, Colossians 2 and 8. 
And we have one scripture after that. Colossians 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Beware. When you see beware, you usually don't go there. Read that again, brother. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Philosophy. What is that? That's a man speaking with the Bible close. A man just giving you his opinion with no scripture. That's philosophy. I thank you, brother, but no thank you. Thank you. Because see, even when you when you go to your pastor and you show him about the Christmas thing, he's going to give you some philosophy. He's not going to come out of scripture because you can't come out of scripture. The Bible is not going to contradict itself. When you take this to your pastor, he's going to say, well, that was Old Testament. And that was for the Israelites. You are an Israelite, brother. That's the thing. Because that's what they used to teach me. Well, yeah, that stuff is for the Jews. Well, I am a Jew, though. So, philosophy, brothers and sisters, a man speaking with no scripture. I don't care how long you know in the pastor. I don't care how nice of a car he has or any of that. If he can't back up what he's saying through scripture, he's trying to deceive you. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Jump to verse 18, brother. Verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Worshiping of angels. Why? Because these religions have fallen angels over them. And it says in humility, voluntary humility. Why? Because it's usually introduced to you as something innocent. See? When they bring Buddhism to you and yoga, right? It's always something innocent. Well, yeah, just, you know, we're going out for some pizza. We're going to go into the woods and stretch, you know. <laughs> Call on Ganesh. This is how they do, brothers and sisters. They make it sound, you know, the psychology. It comes as something innocent. You saw it on a movie or, you know, social media. It always comes like that, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So let no man beguile you or trick you out of your heavenly reward, brothers and sisters, because that's what religion was created to do. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians six seventeen, and we're going to close it out. Second Corinthians 6 and 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So come out from amongst them, from amongst the world, from the Gentiles, and be ye separate. So we're supposed to be separate, brothers and sisters. See, so if you're somebody who's a follower and just want to be in with the in crowd, this isn't for you, because this is for those who are strong enough to stand alone. That's what this is for. Be ye separate. We're separate when we don't celebrate Christmas. I'll take the day off of work, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know. We're left out when we're at the family dinner and we're not eating ham. And it's fine. We're separate. That's where your blessing come in because you're separated when you could easily just sin like the rest of them. But you were a man. You were a woman. You stood for what you knew what was right. That's where you get blessed. That's how you get blessed. No matter who agree or don't agree. No matter who want to make fun of you or don't understand it. Who cares? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, 
and I will receive you. Right. See, so we can't deal with their religions, brothers and sisters. We can't deal with their unclean things, brothers and sisters. The Most High will receive us if we be ye separate. Don't try to be like the world. There should be a difference between you and others. There should be because you're chosen and they're not. Period. So, brothers and sisters, today's lesson was religion. Um, this was a religious lesson um, where we wanted to dive into some of the intricate details of uh, some of the major religions of the world. Now, this lesson was called Religion, a Dangerous Delusion. I think at this point we should be able to agree that all the major world religions are quite different with many conflicting and contradictory views. So to hold all beliefs as equally true is simply not a rational thought. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.